Welcome to the Corona of Thorns podcast. I'm Father Peter Swans, and today is the 19th Sunday in Ordinary Time. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And with your spirit. To prepare ourselves, let us acknowledge our sins. I confess to Almighty God and and to you, my brothers and sisters, that that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and in what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Glory to God in the highest, and and on on earth peace to people of goodwill. We praise you, we bless you, we adore you, we glorify you. We give you thanks for your great glory. Lord God, Heavenly King, O God, Almighty Father, Lord Jesus Christ, Only Begotten Son, Lord God, Lamb of God, Son of the Father, you take away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. You take away the sins of the world, receive our prayer. You are seated at the right hand of the Father, have mercy on us. For you alone are the Holy One, you alone are the Lord. You alone are the Most High, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit, in the glory of God the Father. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty ever-living God, whom, taught by the Holy Spirit, we dare to call our Father, bring, we pray, to perfection in our hearts the spirit of adoption as your sons and daughters, that we may merit to enter into the inheritance which you have promised. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the first book of Kings. When Elijah reached Horeb, the mountain of God, he went into the cave and spent the night in it. Then he was told, Go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. Then the Lord himself went by. There came a mighty wind, so strong it tore the mountains and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind came an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came the sound of a gentle breeze. And when Elijah heard this, he covered his face with his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Lord, show us your mercy and love, and grant us your salvation. Lord, show us your mercy and love, and grant us your salvation. I will hear what the Lord God has to say, a voice that speaks of peace. His help is near for those who fear him, and his glory will dwell in our land. Lord, Show us your mercy and love, 
and grants us your salvation. Mercy and faithfulness have met. Justice and peace have embraced. Faithfulness shall spring from the earth, and justice look down from heaven. Lord, show us your mercy and love, and grant us your salvation. The Lord will make us prosper, and our earth shall yield its fruit. Justice shall march before him, and peace shall follow his steps. Lord, show us your mercy and love, and grant us your salvation. A reading from a letter to the Romans. What I want to say now is no pretense. I say it in union with Christ. It is the truth. My conscience in union with the Holy Spirit assures me of it too. What I want to say is this. My sorrow is so great. My mental anguish so endless. I would willingly be condemned and be cut off from Christ if it could help my brothers of Israel, my own flesh and blood. They were adopted as sons. They were given the glory and the covenants. The law and the ritual were drawn up for them, and the promises were made to them. They are descended from the patriarchs, and from their flesh and blood came Christ, who is above all, God, forever blessed. Amen. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Alleluia, alleluia. I hope in the Lord. I trust in His Word. Alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead to the other side while he would send the crowds away. After sending the crowds away, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone, while the boat, by now far out on the lake, was battling with a heavy sea, for there was a headwind. In the fourth watch of the night, he went towards them, walking on the lake. And when the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It is a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But at once, Jesus called out to them, saying, Courage, it is I. Do not be afraid. It was Peter who answered, Lord, he said, if it is you, tell me to come to you across the water. Come, said Jesus. Then Peter got out of the boat and started walking towards Jesus across the water. But as soon as he felt the force of the wind, he took fright and began to sink. Lord, save me, he cried. Jesus put out his hand at once and held him. Man of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And as they got into the boat, the wind dropped. The men in the boat bowed down before him and said, Truly, you are the Son of God. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. The Gospel that we have today is really fascinating. Matthew, Mark, and John all speak about Jesus having this event of, of walking on the water. But it's only Matthew that makes reference to Peter getting out of the boat. And I always found that such a strange instance. I tried to wrap my head around it. Um, why would you get out of the boat? You know, Peter says to Jesus, if it's you, then, then tell me to come to you. And I always thought, well, but what if it's not him? Then you're getting out of the boat, the one thing that's actually holding you up, the one thing that's keeping you 
somewhat safe from the storm. So it's always kind of troubled me. And maybe, maybe we can have a look at that question a little bit now. So the disciples in the boat, understandably, are filled with fear. And interestingly, the Gospel of Matthew doesn't say that they were afraid of the sea or the storm. It says that they were afraid of the vision of Jesus walking on the water. You see, they've not yet come to expect to see Jesus as the Lord, as the one who is greater than all the elements. They don't yet have the full perception of faith. And so they think they're seeing a ghost. For them, it's still something unexpected to see Jesus in this light. And Jesus, you know, he obviously sees the turmoil in their hearts and he seeks to reassure them, courage, it is I, do not be afraid. And then Peter has this moment, Lord, if it is you, tell me to come across the water. Now, just as Peter was the first one to acknowledge that Jesus was the Christ, the son of the living God, I think here Peter again separates himself out a little bit from among the apostles because he seems to approach this question from a slightly different perspective. It doesn't seem that Peter's in two minds about whether the one approaching is Jesus or a ghost, because if it were a ghost, surely he wouldn't entrust himself to a vision or an illusion. It must be that Peter believes that it actually is Jesus. But if we take faith out of the equation, Peter's action seems a little bit reckless. The safest place for him is in the boat, surely, bailing out the water with his friends. But from the perspective of faith, if it is Christ who's walking on the water, then the most logical thing for Peter to do is to entrust his life to Christ. If it's the Lord, then that's where Peter needs to be. Lord, if it is you, tell me to come across the water. And so the logic that Peter employs here is the logic of faith. Those who do not recognize that Jesus is the Son of God and the Lord of creation would prefer to take their chances with the boat rather than throw themselves into the chaotic waters. But Peter knows that Jesus is the Lord of the waters and that the boat could only offer a relative safety at best. And so Peter makes a rational choice based on faith. If it's the Lord, then it's best to entrust his life to him. I think when we take a moment to examine the storms in our own life, um, it becomes an interesting question. You know, who do we compare ourselves to? Do we compare ourselves to Peter or to the other apostles? You know, do we hang on to the edge of the boat? You know, kind of bailing out the water, trying to do our best, trying to get by. Or does the presence of Christ actually ask us to abandon ship, to entrust ourselves into Jesus' hands? If Jesus really is Lord, then standing on the water next to him is the safest place for us. Now, famously, Peter does pretty well at the start. He, he takes these first steps uh, towards Jesus, walking on the water. Um, but then Matthew tells us that he turns his attention towards the winds uh, and obviously takes his attention off Jesus. Um, and he seems to forget the fact that, you know, Jesus is the Lord over the storm. 
and over the winds. And then, you know, Jesus kind of becomes a rival with the storm. You know, one thing among others in creation. It's like, no, 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 that's not who Jesus is. He is the presence of God among us who is transcendent. He's beyond the storm. But Peter has he's turned his eye to the storm. And that's when he starts to sink a little bit. But what I find so consoling is that even, even though Peter makes this error, it's not fatal. Because Jesus is right there. Plucks him straight out of the water. Peter, come on. Why did you doubt? How risky it seemed to get out of the boat. And yet, the one towards whom we walk is Lord. And he's merciful. Why are we hanging on to this boat? Even if the boat makes it through this storm, it might not make it through the next, or the next, or the next. At some point, this sucker's going to sink. So I suppose at the end of the day, we've got a bit of a choice. The boat? Or Jesus? If Jesus really is the Lord of all creation, then it's a no-brainer. The boat is storm-tossed. Jesus is not. In the boat, I'm at risk of sinking. At Jesus' side, I am not. And now let's together profess our faith by praying the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the the Father Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. At the Saviour's command, and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Let us welcome Christ into our hearts with an act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there, and unite myself wholly to you. 
Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Thanks be to God. And we finish by praying Pope Francis's prayer to Mary during the coronavirus pandemic. O Mary, you shine continuously on our journey as a sign of salvation and hope. We entrust ourselves to you, health of the sick. At the foot of the cross, you participated in Jesus' pain with steadfast faith. You, salvation of the Roman people, know what we need. We are certain that you will provide so that as you did in Cana of Galilee, joy and feasting might return after this moment of trial. Help us, Mother of Divine Love, to conform ourselves to the Father's will and to do what Jesus tells us. He who took our sufferings upon himself and bore our sorrows to bring us through the cross to the joy of the resurrection. Amen. We seek refuge under your protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our pleas, we who are put to the test. And deliver us from every danger, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. Thanks for praying with us, and may God bless you abundantly, so that this day may give glory to God the Father.